Well, it's, it brought back a lot of memories being here tonight. Days back at the church. There at Calvary for those many years. And man, did the Lord bless. It was great days. And I, I thought about your pastor. I've known him since he was just a youngster. Coming to Faith Baptist Camp. And how God has brought he and his family along. He's one of the finest young pastors I know. Across America. I know better than Brother Gravely. Nobody has another, has a name any better than Brother Ricky Gravely. His family. And I appreciate that. It's good to be associated with folks like that. Isn't it? Amen. Miss Kate, it's good to see you. I remember you and uh, Brother Berman Kate would go to them preachers' meetings down in Georgia, and there'd be 150 preachers there. We preached mornings, afternoons, night. And um, I tell you, I, I cut my teeth on that. I never have got over it. And they were some of the most admired people that I had in my life. Every time. I mean, Brother Cape was always the same. Miss Cape always the same. And they were truly examples. If I could be half of the example, a little bit of the example, Brother Berman Cape was. It'd be a... So, with what he laid down here and Brother Graveling, you folks are building on, it really, really... You know, that's why God's blessing him. And I bless him. I really appreciate the singing. I thought of something A.W. Tozer said. He said, one of the things he thinks when a person first gets saved, they first gets saved, they need to know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is everything they'll ever need. Amen. Amen. Everything they'll ever need. And I surely, surely bless the Lord for that. Well, I want to preach tonight. And I probably will just take this as a text and we'll see where it goes. All right, in Matthew 16 is where I am. Uh, I want to say this while you're turning. God put me 10 years ago, uh, and mainly, I guess, uh, it wouldn't have happened, but my wife's health went down and I can just preach out so far. I, I stepped down to the church there and he put me in the printing business. And uh, we're sending books all, not all over the world, but many parts of the world. Amen. And God has really blessed that. So if any missionaries here that needs any materials, and we got a lot of different languages now, and God has really blessed that ministry. And if you need any materials, and we could help you, we'd be glad to. It doesn't make any difference. It's a jail or whatever it may be. Amen. I can tell you some great stories of how God has really blessed that ministry and how things have come together. And I bless the Lord for it. It's good to have a missionary with us that was in Catholicism and got saved by grace. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it wonderful. Yeah. Amen. That's good. All right. I'm, I want to preach on the church. There's nothing like the church. Outside of Jesus, the greatest thing ever happened to me was the day God saved me and put me in the church. 
And if you don't have anything for the church, you need to get saved real good. And you, it, it would be, be different for you if you do that. If you don't have anything for God's church. Isn't that right? You know, I made a profession when I was 10. I really think that I wanted to get saved when I was 10 because I didn't want to go to hell. Well, that's a good reason. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't want to go to hell, do you? And so that was a good reason, but I didn't realize, I don't think I was a sinner. I knew I was a sinner in one sense, and I didn't realize that I needed the righteousness of Jesus. Though I, and uh, so I went 10 years, and I didn't have any, I didn't have anything personally I knew against the church, but I didn't have anything particular for it. But on that Thursday night in that little country church in the hills of North Georgia, I got born of the Spirit of God. Amen. 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 And the Lord put me in the church, made me a member of the body of Christ. And when that happened, I joined everything that I could join in the church. And if there had been a women's missionary society and they let me join it, I think I'd have joined it. I was so thrilled about the Lord and I never have got over it. I've been saved 61 plus years now. Never have got over it. Don't plan on getting over it and don't have any complaints. If I had any complaints, it would be against myself, so I don't want to tell that. All right? So I'm reading this, morning, uh, this evening from the 16th chapter of the book of Matthew, and my thought is down in verse 18. When, but in verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? You know, Jesus, when he got ready to reveal some things to the disciples, he took them 120 miles away from Jerusalem, you know what he had in mind? The Gentile church and the Jewish church and all of them put together. Isn't that right? He wanted to reveal, he wanted to reveal himself unto the disciples. And the Bible said, and he said, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist or one of the prophets. Jeremiah said, Jeremiah are, are one of the prophets. Where did I miss it? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias or Elijah, some Jeremiah are one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now that's a classic statement. And if you know who the Christ is, the Son of the living God, you're in good shape to go on for the Lord. But if you don't know who he is, you need to come to know who he is. That's one of the greatest statements ever made in the Bible. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, 
pardon me, for flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, one thing for sure, if you ever get saved, God the Holy Spirit will have to take the Word of God and by the power of the Spirit of God, He will reveal Himself unto you. I hope you'll excuse me. I have allergies real bad. Um, one thing about it when I get to heaven, <coughs> I could rejoice for hundreds of years just to have a body that won't have allergies. <clears throat> That's my biggest plague in the world. Uh, I don't think I got any health issues if I didn't have allergies. But um, man that's born a woman, a few days and full of trouble, isn't he? All right, let me try to get into this. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Bardona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I heard a man years ago, I was a young preacher, but I knew better than this, that he said, he is a Baptist preacher, but he said that the church was built on Peter. But God would never build his church on fallen man, would he? And by the way, while I'm preaching, the church is not built on the Pope. Amen. In, the, in fact, that crowd would do them well if they'd just get born again, wouldn't it? Isn't it sad that many people are blinded by religion, not just in Catholicism, but in the Baptist realms as well? We need to get born of the Spirit of God. When Whitfield came to this country, he found that a lot of the preachers were lost, and I think a lot of them are now. But I'm glad for them that are not lost. And he, was, he started preaching on you must be born again. And someone came to him, he just preached it, they said over 3,000 times. And someone came to him and said, Mr. Whitfield, why is it that you preach so much on you must be born again? He said, because you must be born again. You, got, you must be born again. If you don't get born from above, you're not going to the place we're going that are born again when Jesus comes. So it's not built on Peter. He reminded him, Simon, I want you to know the church is not going to be built on you. You're just a little pebble. And so we're all pebbles, but we're children of God. Isn't it good to be a child of God? He said, Art Peter, but upon this rock, Jesus is the rock. Christ is the rock. God is the rock of our salvation. Now, that said, I want to take that. 
particular verse and talk about Christ building his church. Now, I want to say right off that the church of Jesus Christ is not an afterthought with God. And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is not a replacement for the Jew. That theology did not come from the Bible. And it's wrong because the church of Jesus Christ has been in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. The mother of all generations, Mother Eve, is a picture of the New Testament church. You can go all the way back there. Somebody said, well, when did it get into God's mind? Now, I want to take a little time, and I'm headed somewhere that I hope will help us about this matter called the church. If you were in Leviticus tonight, if you wanted to turn there, and I won't spend much time there, but I want to say the church, while you're turning, was born and bare birth and spirit feel at Pentecost. God was gathering material. All the way from the time of the resurrection of Christ and even before the resurrection of Christ to establish and build the New Testament church. But the church was born at Pentecost. Isn't that right? It was birthed at Pentecost. So it's God's church. I will build my church. I'm glad he is building his church right now. And by the way, the church of Jesus Christ may be wobbling in a lot of ways, but before it's all said and done, see, the best thing that's ever been on earth outside of when Jesus was here. Isn't that right? You know the most important thing that's going on in this community outside of what's in your home? What's going on here at the Bible Baptist Church? Well, it costed a lot of money to be a member of that church. I read of a story of a man and a woman. They had a boy, and they spent a lot on him. They sent him to school and clothed him and sheltered him and fed him, and he graduated from high school. And after he graduated from high school, he went off to college. He went there for a number of years, and they spent money, after money on him, and they said the expense was very high. But I want to tell you something happened. The boy got sick, and the boy died, and they never had to spend anything else on him. And I want to tell you, it cost us. Something to operate God's business. It don't cost anything for salvation except just repenting of your sins, coming to Jesus as Lord and Savior, and by faith trusting him as Lord and Savior, 
but I want to tell you something in the family of God, what a privilege it is to share in giving to the work of God. And that's not, that was not supposed to be in the message. Amen. It, it bothers me to drink that water. It embarrasses me all the time. But I, if I'm going to preach, I've got to have the water. And if we're going to get in things, we're going to have to have the water, the word, and the power of the Holy Ghost. I've never seen so much deadness in all my life. I'm telling you, but if a church moves, it's going to cost something. Not just your pocketbook, but it's going to cost commitment to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. I, I, like, I like what this Leviticus talks about, and he's talking about the feast. The feast of Jehovah. Well, the first feast, and it don't have to do with the seven feasts, was the Sabbath feast. But we are not, we do not honor the Sabbath anymore as far as honoring it as the day to worship. But we, wor we worship and honor the first day of the week. I don't worship a day, but I do worship a day when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, got up out of that grave on that third and appointed morning. And I want you to, I want you to know ever since I got born to the Spirit of God, I want to be at the house of God Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meeting. I want you to know the first day of the week means something to me. But I want to tell you something else about the first day of the week. And that is this. I got born of the Spirit of God, put into the body of Christ on the, I'm telling you, that body was birthed on the first day of the week and I want to be where that body is on the first day of the week with the people of God and meet with God's people. I want you to know that's important. I want you to know that's extremely important. Matthew 28, 1, they come on the first day of the week. Mark 16, 1 and 2, the ladies came on the first day of the week. He is gone. He is not here. He is risen. Luke 24, 1, he came on the first day of the week. John 21, he, he rose from the dead. I said he came. He rose from the dead on the first day of the week. And on the day of Pentecost, after 40 days, they waited for 10 in the upper room. And the church was birthed on the first day of the week. And we don't worship the day, but we ought to meet on the first day of the week. And by the way, while I'm preaching in 1 Corinthians chapter number 16 and verse 2, he told them to come 
on the first day of the week and to bring their offerings on the first day of the week. I didn't mean to preach on money, but you got talking about it, and maybe the Lord wants me to say a little bit about it. <laughs> oh, there's nothing that God can't give back to you that you need. You'll just obey God. That's all you got to do. And just whatever you purpose in your heart, do it. And so, you have the feast of the Sabbath. You have the feast in verse 4 down through verse 5. You have the feast of Passover, the feast that had to do redemption. And then you have the feast of the memorial of the unleavened bread. The unleavened bread speaks of the sinless Son of God. But when you come to the next feast, I want you to know that you come to the church in 15 down through just a few verses here. This is the feast of Pentecost. And did you know that when they made the wave loaves in verse number 17, they made it with leaven. You know why they made it with leaven? Because the church of Jesus Christ is not perfect. That is the best thing you'll ever find this side of glory. It's not perfect, but it's the best you'll find. Amen. Somebody said, I'm going to quit going over there. There's too many hypocrites over there. Well, stop going to Walmart. Stop going to the service station. Stop going to work. And somehow, but you ought not. <laughs> Boys are coming so fast in so many ways, I don't know which to spit out first. I'm telling you, God's good, isn't he? I'm talking about this. Now we're headed... From there, I want you to know Pentecost comes 50 days after the resurrection, right? And 50 days after the resurrection, the, the disciples, Jesus said, had seen him many times. I used to think it was 13 Somebody said it was 12. And somebody else said it was 15. And I'm going to reveal to you something. I don't know how many times they saw it. <laughs> but I do know this. They saw him enough to even eat with him. They eat. Honeycomb, he was not a spirit, but I'm telling he was a spirit, but I want to tell you, he had a physical body. He was able to eat. He ate honeycomb. He ate fish. I'm telling you, in the millennial, we're going to eat. 
in millennial. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful day. I apologize for being so scattered. But I'm really not even trying to preach my outline. Did you know that? <laughs> well, first grader knows that. But you know what? It's not necessarily where you stay with the outline or not. The matter is, is the Holy Ghost in it. The power of God in it. And does he make it clear enough for people to hear it and understand it? Well, I've had some of the nicest outlines and all the good they have done to me. I'd have to read them because there's no power on them. I'm going to tell you young men something. You are called to preach or not called to preach. I want to tell you something. You're called to preach. Outline or no outline, you better have the power of God on you. And the way to get the power of God on you is stay in that book you got open. You can't do without that book. And then you don't only stay in that book, but I want to tell you something else. You stay on your knees and you pray. If you don't pray and you're not going to pray and you're not going to stay in that book, go get you a job, make some money, and give it to the church. You're not worth 15 cents if you're not going to do that. Amen. We need the power of God. Can I let you in on something? A man of God that's going to preach, he don't only need to be filled with the Spirit. He don't only need to be filled with the Word. He don't need to be only a man of prayer. But he needs to be anointed and clothed upon with the power of the Holy Ghost. Anointed preaching will have some back to it. Anointed preaching will convict sinners. Anointed preaching will correct saints. Anointed preaching will encourage saints. I'll tell you, there is nothing like the power of God. I was reading this week. I wish I knew more about science. I didn't think I'd ever need it, so I don't have it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's important. If you studied in the light of the Bible, I got thinking about that storm. You know what's behind this church? Do you know who's behind this church? The risen Lord. I'm talking about somebody that died, somebody got buried. Stayed in there three days and three nights, and he's supposed to start speaking. But they went out to see him, and they was going to anoint his body, and it was gone because he is not here. He had risen. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Our risen Lord is behind the New Testament church. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. God's got all you need. I went up there to Kingston. I believe the Lord had me to tell you. I went up there to Kingston and they had a stucco block building. I moved from Dalton, Georgia. 
God sent me up there. Followed that great preacher, Bob Bolin. They had a preacher for six months, and, and uh, he left and had another 14 months, and he left and had me to come up there. And the only reason they called me, they couldn't get nobody else. <laughs> but I knew one thing. If we're going to get anything done, it's going to take prayer in the Word of God. And I had to have the one behind of what we were trying to do that has all power in heaven and in earth. Go get that for. Into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Somebody said, you think we ought to support that missionary that's living close to the line up there in North Korea? He's breaking the law. He's going over the border. <laughs> they need to grow up, don't they? Yes. <laughs> he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. That means it all belongs to him. He created it, so I guess he's got a right to send whoever he wants to there. Right. There's power in that word. I went up there, and we had blocked in. That church was planted really in the slums. And I won't tell you all of it because it would take too long. But you know what God did? God run Interstate 40. I 40 right by it. If you get off of Interstate 40 and take a right, or if you get off Interstate 40 in the other direction and take a left, you're going to wind up on the doorstep of Calvary Baptist Church. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord's good. We filled that church up when we was putting out chairs on Wednesday night. I went, I went down the courthouse. You know, I, I didn't know much, but I knew who I was, who I had in me and what he was doing. And I met the man that owned that, and he said, All oh, you poor people can't afford my property. I guess just before I thought, I said, you are right. We cannot afford your property, but I want to tell you who can. God can. So he sent the, he sent the, uh, the real estate agent back in about two weeks and said, uh, we'd like to, you know, he'd like to sell you the church, that property over there, See, we was blocked off. You could go around the back, but we wanted where you could go down the front. We want a place where God's people can meet. That's what you were talking about. And so he said, give us $1,000. I don't think he thought we'd ever get any more of it. And before the time come for us to close, we already had the 50. Give me 50000 And a month passed, and the realtor come back, and he said... I got a buyer for that property that you gave $50,000 for. We'll give you 175. I said, it's not for sale. 
It's God's property. There's going to be a church built there, and that's more important than anything else you can put there. We're going to build a church. I guess it's all right to tell a little bit about what God's done for you, wouldn't you think? Amen. But you know what it all, you know, God was pounded in my heart and pounded in my heart to start a school. First Baptist Church pastor said it'll never get out of the basement. How wrong he was. We got it out of the basement, had 250 students, and he run off with another woman. I'm telling you, we did all right. Maybe I ought not to tell that last part. That thing was growing and God was moving and we had a revival meeting and we was in week, week one and we was in week two and we was in week three. And we, I'm telling you, we needed a place to put them kids. You ever lived in a one-room house and you had four kids and you needed an extra room? That's where we were, next to the property. I tell you, I wish I could tell you all of this. There's a man walked in the office, and I was sitting there one day, and we already decided we were going to give 125000 for that if they'll sell it to us, but we need a gymnasium to put them kids in. They, they make you pull your hair out. You men don't know that. That's the women folks. They know it. <laughs> Went down to the bank. Went down to the bank. Sometimes we go to the bank and we all just go to the Lord. <laughs> the bank said, oh, sure, we'll let you have it. We'll let you have the money. Well, that must be the blessing of God. Might have been, could have been, wasn't. <laughs> that revival was going nice getting up at four. You see, you can't lay in the bed all day and do nothing for God unless you're sick. And then you can pray. And you can groan and take on. But you got to get up and get with it. I was getting up at four and going over at church. I was reading, I was reading Ari Corey's book on the power of prayer. And I'd pray over here and I'd pray over there. And I'd pray over here. and I'd walk and pray and stand and pray. I got down on my knees and I crawled up under the pew right there. See, when you pray, fellas, listen to me. Are you listening? You don't do all the talking because I, all the one you're talking to is a lot more wise than you are. So you need to pray some, but then you need to listen to what he's got to say to you. See, he, he, might, be, he might have something to say to you that you haven't even prayed about. I crawled up under that pew, Brother Gravelin, and I got real quiet. And the Lord said, I don't want you to borrow that money. I want the church to pay for it. I thought that's the devil for sure. But it did sound like a good deal. Amen. So I got really quiet and real still. You couldn't hear the crickets. And if a mouse had to run, you'd never know. I thought, this must be God. Is this God? I believe you ought to be led of the Spirit, but you better back it up with the Word. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Did you hear me? God told me to do this. God told me to do that. Is it backed up with the word? I said, Lord, if you, if this is you and this is not the devil, would you give me some word? I tell you, when you tell him that, you better get ready. He's liable to flood your soul. And he took me to Malachi and said, I tell you what, bring your tithes and offerings. And I'll open up the windows of heaven and I'll pour you out a blessing that you won't be able to receive. And I said, Lord, how is this going to be? These people can't do that. They're just working people. I'm telling you, that was, that was in the early 80s. You didn't make the money you do now. And it's a lot different. But God was no different. And so he took me to the new, he took me to the virgin birth. Now, don't try to put God in a mold. He's never done this before, and he's never done it since. God don't have to repeat himself like a parrot. But God will lead, and God will direct, and God will lead his church, and God will lead his preacher. And when his preacher prays and gets a word from God, then the thing you need to do is get on board. Amen. I went home and told Sue. I said, God spoke to me over the church this morning and told me we were not to borrow the money, pay for that land. I said, well, you think about that. She said, what? I said, the Lord told me in prayer this morning over there under the pew that we were not to buy that money but we were to give it. We were to give it. She said, well, I don't know. I talked to the evangelist. I thought I'd get a little help from him. I said, God spoke to me this morning at 4 o'clock. Told me we was to pay for that land over there. What do you think? She said, I don't know. You know why they didn't know? God had not told them. See, God, God has a man. Amen? And you are important. Uh, I, I've heard preachers preach. God help me. If I was ever this ignorant, I hope I got over it. They look just as good at going as they do at coming. I don't believe that. But I tell you what, if you're not going to support the work of God, it might be better you go. You got to go. I'm a meddling now. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm telling you, the, I rode down that road, and God said, you don't worry about it. I'll tell you when you get up there. Yep. But I want you to preach on that church. Yep. Praise God, if I could land this right, I believe I'd just leap off of here. <laughs> God's good. Amen. We went to that morning service. That preacher preached that morning, and they filled that altar. And God started saving people. And I think it was about 1230. And the Lord said, 
now's the time to tell them. Tell them what God, what I told you to tell them. Is it all right if I tell this? If it's not, I've done gone too far. So turn back now. I'm not bragging on anything that I've done. I'm bragging on the one that's got. I'm talking about that energy that come out of that ocean. The one that's behind all of that energy. And that's just a little tornado. I mean, a hurricane. In the sight of God, in a sense, he got the wind in his fist, so if he got that. And I'm not minimizing that. God bless those dear people. But I'm going to tell you, God can take an atom and sweep a complete island. We have forgot how big and how great and how powerful that the God of heaven is. We've forgotten that he is all powerful, that he is God. He created all. My little granddaughter's over there in school. I'm going to go back in a minute. And the teacher got up and started talking about this world started with a big bang. And she said, could I say a word? She's, she's in the, she is a freshman in high school. Could I say a word? She said, the Bible said God spoke it into existence. Yes. When God speaks, you won't have to take it to the bank. It's already in the bank. Where it's salvation, whether it's service, whether it's preach, or whatever it is, it's God. I said, I remember this as good as if it was yesterday. My hair was black. I said, I was over here praying and told them when. And God told me that we are not to borrow the money to buy that property. And I said, as long as I'm pastor here, we'll not borrow the money to buy that property. Now, I would not suggest that in every case because that might not be what God wants. And there's a brother, he is a, he is a dear friend, still is. He's sitting back there, and I, he said, I thought he's gone this time. <laughs> well, I knew if I was gone, I was doing what God told me to do, so it'd be all right. <laughs> I will build my church. I will meet the needs of my church if they follow me. I said, my wife and I have got a little lot. We don't have any money. The church was taking care of us with the four boys. We don't have any money, but we're going to give that lot. Yeah. Another man stood up. He said, I got a lot next to the preachers. I'm going to give that. Brother Benny Whitmarger stood up. He was a member, one of my deacons then. And he stood up and said, well, Becky and I got a lot next to our house. We'll give that. Man, most of me come back there. I went back there where he was. He said, me and Karen, we got a boat. And uh, 
we got a trailer. And uh, I, believe it'll, I believe it'll bring $5,000. But whatever it brings, we're going to give it. But died, I want to tell you something about that house. I'm going to take you about that lot. You know where we had that lot, lot bought we thought we'd build one day? They covered it up with house trailers. And I'm not against people living in house trailers. But they covered it up and it was not kept well. Maybe I said something I shouldn't have said about it. And you know what? In about 10 years' time, church went down there. We didn't know what we'd get and brought us a lot, overlooks the Clinch River and the big lake and built us a house, turnkey, not a penny. Praise God. Amen. Gave it to us. I haven't told you all of this other story yet. You know what we had to do? We had to stay there at 2 o'clock that day. And at 2 o'clock, we had the 62,000. I went home. My phone was ringing when I went in the door, and I went and picked it up. One of the deacons said, Preacher, I didn't want to stand up in the service, but Linda and I'd like to give 10. We already had 62. The alarm went out. And you know what? We bought the, we bought the land. The time we got the land bought and everything processed, people were still giving. And when we got through, we had the money to buy the building and lay it down. And when we got the building bought and laid down, we had the money to put it up. And when we got it put up, we needed a good floor. We had somebody give $10,000. Praise God, it's good days sometimes when it just rains and pours. I was back there, I was back there in that bedroom and I was praying. Now, I'm not no real, you know, I'm no special saint, but I'm one of God's children. And I said, Lord, we need that $10,000 to put that floor down. You've met all the other needs. Would you please send it? And it came to my mind. Somebody said, Miss Byers wanted to talk to you about giving a little money to the school. So I just thought since she'd want to talk to me, I'd call her. And so I called her and I said, I heard you want to give a little money to the school. She said, yes, preacher, I was thinking about that. I sent word for you to call me. I said, what did you have in mind? She said, well, I think that I need to give $10,000. But she, she, I said, well, when can I get it? She said, well, it's a raining awful hard today. I said, yeah, but I got a meeting up, at, up in the country there, about an hour's drive. I believe I'll just come by there and be all right and pick it up. Yeah. I mean, you better strike while the rod's hot. <laughs> Pastor. Before God, I didn't have any idea I was going to tell that. But, but I'm not, I don't know what you all are doing. I know you're looking at the building, but church trusts the Lord. Yes, sir. 
Follow him. Pray for the pastor. You men, pray for one another. Keep a, keep a good heart about it. And say, it's not what I want, it's what God wants. I want to tell you, church, I preach a lot. I go a lot of places. Are you listening to me? And you know this. But I want to tell you something. You got something special. You got, special, something, you got something real special in this church, this ministry. And it's no telling where it'll all go. Brother Gravely stays with the spirit he's got. You stay humble. Now, don't get lifted up in pride. Oh, you'll be in trouble. That gets that got the devil in trouble, and it's got God's people in trouble ever since. Well, I just about preached out. I probably could last another thirty minutes. Y'all want me to go another thirty? <laughs> I, I I come to receive a blessing by being here. But I come to be a blessing. And I don't, you know, I don't want to just be, I don't want to just be out here on the road to be out here on the road. I preached in Maryville. I preached in Maryville this morning. I came back home and took care of my wife. Her health's not good. Got her lunch. And got that 15-minute siesta. <laughs> got up and got that cup of coffee. And I read a roll. My wife started weeping the other day, and she said, I don't understand it. And she said, you've got that drive in you like you had when you were young. I don't understand it. Brother, there's nothing like telling the good news. You may need to come to this altar and you may have had a place maybe you couldn't trust God. Maybe you have apprehensions about something. But whatever you do, get in the altar, get with your Bible. There'll be times you'll go through things. And sometimes you have to go home. I had a problem. I had a situation some time ago. And I had to stay in the study and work through it for six weeks. But you know what? When I got through it, I was up here and I was looking down here. Before I got through it, I was down here and didn't know which way to look. But I knew I could look up. But sometimes it's good to look up, but it's, sometimes it's just good to get so close to him you can look down.